Hi, and welcome to the B2B Marketers on a Mission podcast. I'm your host, Christian Klepp, and one of the founders of Einblick Consulting. Our goal is to share inspirational stories, tips, and insights from B2B marketers, digital entrepreneurs, and industry experts that will help you to think differently, succeed, and scale your business. Hi, everybody, and welcome to episode six of the B2B Marketers on a Mission podcast. I'm your host, Christian Klepp, and today I'm excited to have Derek Biltfeld join me. Derek? Welcome to the show. Hello, Christian. Thanks for having me. All right. Well, why don't we just hop right to it and, uh, you know, tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, what you do. So my name is Derek Biltfell. I am a long-term, uh, highly seasoned customer experience professional. Some would say I'm a bit on the salty side for seasoning. Uh, <laughs> I've been doing customer experience management programs for, oh gosh, 15 years now. Uh, some of the largest in North America. And of late, my company, Acceleration Strategy, has really been more focused on helping Canadian companies of, of a smaller size, really, uh, build their capability and implement good customer experience practices. And uh, that's kind of the business side of my life and personal side. I'm father of five children and very active uh, in all of their lives. So tend to lead a pretty active life. And now in the pandemic, I have five kids at my house every weekend having the backyard Olympics. So that's a little bit about me. Nice. Well, five kids uh, during a lockdown that uh, certainly does not come without its own set of challenges. That's for sure. Yes. It's tiring. Yeah. Um, but you know, you mentioned something that's really interesting and uh, I'd like to get into that a little bit uh, further. If you don't mind, uh, talk to us a little bit about uh, customer experience or otherwise known as CX and why do you believe it's an important part of improving an organization's, uh, you know, overall performance? So we'll start, we'll step back a touch here on customer experience for, for your listeners. So a lot of people confuse customer experience for customer service. And it's really not like that. Customer experience is kind of more like it quality control than it is like a division, like accounting or sales. So customer experience is the concept of what is the total perception that a person has of your business? And based on that perception, what behavior will they have in working with you in the future? So the simple model of customer experience that a lot of people think of is, loyalty, how likely am I to recommend, and therefore how likely am I to repurchase? And that's a fairly decent uh, proxy for customer experience. The challenge though is what? how do you actually manage customer experience because it cuts across your product, your support, your sales, your marketing, what your CEO says at, on, on Twitter, all those things shape my perception of the company. And what's interesting is that the market has really um, figured out that there is a discipline around how do you manage the customer experience for a company to provide an optimum experience for each of your clients such that they follow the behavior you're looking for, which again is likely repurchase greater use of your products. So that's kind of a, a nickel tour on customer experience. And why is this important? Well, it's, it's always been important and it's getting more and more important every day. People are uh, very tight with the control of their discretionary income. They have to have a, a way of making decisions. And with the advent of social business, everybody is expecting referrals in order to make their decisions when they decide on a new purchase. 
or to expand their uh, business with you, they're going to look at what has been the reputation, what has been the experience that I've had with your company. And if I'm new to your company, what has been the experience of other people have had with your company so that I can know whether I want to work with that. Back in the day, that might have been more difficult. You might have had more difficulty finding referrals. In today's world, you search up a business name. You can see the Google referrals over on the site. On the right-hand side, you can immediately get a first impression of whether this company is doing a good job for their customers or not. Right. Can you um, give an example of, you know, in the past, how you've helped an organization, ideally in the B2B space, um, you know, to improve on their uh, customer experience and uh, elaborate a little bit about the challenges they had and how you uh, proactively addressed them? Let me help the listeners a little bit more with this customer experience, customer service argument first. Uh, So the customer service, think of that as the um, safety net underneath the Trapeze Act. And the Trapeze Act is really the customer experience design. So when you come up with what do you want, what experience you want to have customers have, they should be seeing a beautiful flowing Trapeze Act where Igor uh, grabs Ivan and throws him up in the air and catches him. But those times at which they're executing that customer experience and he misses, you want Igor to fall down, hit that net, bounce up so beautifully, go above I, Ivan again and be caught so that it actually the customer service is enhancing the overall customer experience. Customer service's job is to really facilitate the smooth path through the predefined customer experience. That might help a little bit in, in understanding that difference. So what do we do? The, the practice of customer experience is really a discipline that cuts across an entire business. So when you want to improve your customer experience, the most important thing you should do is ask your customers, what is your experience? And take that information. We call that customer insight. Understanding how the customers perceive your company taking that and saying, okay, if that's how they perceive it and we know what we want to sell to you or we know what you want to, what value we want to provide to you, then you take that perception and say, let's change the way we do things so that we are, we are providing our businesses or services in such a manner that the clients are getting the greatest experience. So, for example, we would go in and uh, a client would say to us, we want to understand what our customers think of us. We might build a relationship NPS model, come in and do a survey of a bunch of their customers and come back and be able to tell them, your customers that are the happiest find that you are highly responsive and your customers that are have the lowest likelihood to recommend you find that you make a lot of accounting errors. Those are two different thoughts. Mm. The responsiveness one would then say, well, what we should do is to drive a program inside the company to make sure everybody is being more responsive and identify when they're not, how do, we inter, uh, how do we intercept those situations where we're not being responsive and improve that. Flip side is we know that when we make accounting errors, we're causing a lot of grief for our customers. So we're going to go back and revisit the entire process of accounting and figure out, we'll use something like a journey map and say, in this part of the customer experience, this part of the customer journey with us, what's going on? How come the customer is not thrilled with this and how can we make that better? And we'll use that to actually design what we call an intentional journey. So those are kind of the two major thrusts of, of what you do in a customer experience program. In addition, there's really 
quite a bit more that goes into it around how do you do communications to reinforce the journey that you're trying to, um, the, the journey that you are propagating inside your business. You want to communicate to your own employees to make sure that they are all consistently executing a, a, upon the journey design that you come up with. So that's kind of a lot of theoretical semi-academic semi uh, thoughts on customer experience. Mm -hmm. What we also do that's really important though, is if you are trying to communicate, trying to support your customer, they need to know you're listening and that you care before you can even start to improve your their perception of you. So when we ask these surveys, rather than just ask a survey and put it in some database and analyze it once every six to 12 months, every single survey that we do with a customer gets turned into some kind of an ROI driven activity. In that, if the customer gives a positive reinforcement, that gets in the hands of that person who provided that service. So the manager might go to them and say, hey, you know, client ABC has said that you're doing a great job and that you're really responsive and proactive and offering great ideas. That's kind of like a mirror on that person. And, and he says, wow, that makes me feel good. And that's a positive reinforcement. And he's more likely to do that more often. How many people have ever had enough coaching? How many people come in home from work at the end of the day and say, well, I feel good. I've had a lot of good coaching from my boss. It's not the case. No. So we use every survey to actually provide a little coaching. And the flip side is also true. We also will identify when a customer said, you know, I'd really like Derek to be a little bit more responsive. I'd like him to come up with more ideas. Then instead of you as my boss coming to me and saying, hey, Derek, you need to be more responsive. I come to you and say, we're just looking at this customer situation. And they like to see more responsiveness, more creativity from us. What could you do, Derek? And then if that actually puts the onus on me. And I'm thinking from a customer perspective, what they need, which is my job, versus a criticism perspective, which is when my boss comes to me and says, you need to do something better. It fundamentally changes the speed with which you can improve the culture of your organization. Right. It drives really millions of points of, of uh, coaching opportunity. Well, that's definitely really insightful. Thanks for that, Derek. Sorry, I'm, I need to circle back. Um, and just for the benefit of the listeners who didn't understand that term, could you explain what MPS stands for? Oh, yes, of course. Thank you. So in the customer experience realm, there's fundamentally uh, a couple of what we call measures that people are trying to drive. And they really are customer uh, net promoter, which we just talked about is the net promoter score. The question yeah. is, how likely are you to recommend the business. And that really represents kind of an advocacy loyalty measure. There's another measure which you will hear, and it's very appropriate to a lot of our businesses, more and more appropriate as we in, in this COVID time, something called customer effort score. And that question is how easy was it for you to get done what you wanted to on our website, fundamentally. And customer effort is the biggest driver of website um, in, uh, internet-based business. And then there's the rudimentary question that you've heard for years called customer SAT, CSAT, which is, did we do what we said we would do today? Yeah. And you do have to think about all three of them. If you didn't do what you said you would do, the rest of them are irrelevant. Mm -hmm. So it's not, not terrible to ask any one of those three questions. And there's a time and a place for all of them. Right. Okay. Thanks for that. So 
Before I ask my next question, Derek, let me uh, share some statistics with you that were published by Forbes um, in September 2019. Um, the article had an exhaustive amount of data, but I'm just going to highlight three of them. All right, so, like, so basically three points. All right, so point number one is 84% of companies that work to improve uh, their customer experience report an increase in their revenue. And that's according to uh, research that was conducted by Dimension Data. So then point number two, 73% uh, of companies with above average customer experience perform better financially than their competitors. And that was according to a study done by the Temkin Group. And the last point, at least in the United States, um, Customers who switch companies due to poor service cost American companies a total of $1.6 trillion. And that's according to a research done by Accenture. So why am I highlighting all of this data? So even, even, with, even with those statistics, um, why do you think like, you know, during this uh, ongoing pandemic, a lot of organizations in the B2B um, space have put a stop to their CX activities and are treating it as non-essential. And most importantly, what role do you believe, uh, you know, CX professionals and practitioners have in changing this mindset? So th these are extreme times, obviously. There are companies that were 12 weeks ago, we're not even thinking they might be at risk and we're about to hire another thousand people. Yeah. So it's kind of hard to just, to give a blanket statement, but fundamentally, in times of extreme stress, it's actually the number one marketing recommendation is to get closer to your customers. Hmm. This comes from the Harvard Harvard uh, Business Press analysis of how to how to um, survive a recession. And the number one thing you do is you understand your customers better because the cost of losing customers is much greater in a time when they're when we have sinking ships versus rising of waters. Mm -hmm. So those companies that that are are truly committed to customer experience actually will oftentimes invest more during this period. Um, I know that when we were working with TD Bank and the 2008 crisis hit, we were actually more active doing research and making sure we understood the changing attitudes because right now the attitudes are changing and it's especially important to be listening to to your customers and asking them about, okay, what do you expect in the future? I know that the past was the past, but what do we have to do in the future to serve you well? What do you, what's the experience that you want to have? That kind of thing. And you will see that. You'll see a huge resurgence in customer experience oriented activities in the, in the latter half of this, of this um, economic cycle, I'll call it, that we're going mm -hmm. through with the pandemic. Um, so the ones who stopped probably are not very mature in their usage and application of, of customer experience, or they're also absolutely stopping everything. They're stopping sales. They're stopping production. They're stopping their business largely. I mean, at anything as discretionary as putting on hold. So that, that has been extreme in this case. I've never seen that in, the, in a market before, uh, the right. way we've seen it here. Now, our clients actually did something interesting in that they, we actually did a triage activity and said, okay, we're going to have to cut back, but is there anything that is particularly relevant that we should keep up that will make a difference during this period? And so in the case of our, our um, real estate organizations where they have thousands of units of rental units, 
Um, maybe we don't do as much research on the on the day to day uh, on the kind of relationship stuff, but we still need to make sure maintenance is maintained mm. because that's actually causes a lot of stress in the in the rental experience. So we kept the process in place to say, are we doing well on maintenance? Is everything being done? Yada yada yada. So we kept that running because that needs to be done, and we were used that we in injected a question into that one survey to add a little bit more understanding of what people were perceiving in the uh, COVID space within that survey process. So mm -hmm. what we wanted to do there is maintain at least some level of touch point with our customers, which is what you should do, but still be consistent with the rest of sensitive to the rest of the organization that was making cuts left, right, and center. Right. Well, that's, uh, that's great. Thanks, Derek. Hey, it's Christian Klepp here. We'll get back to the episode in a second, but first, is your brand struggling to cut through the noise? Are you trying to find more effective ways to reach your target audience and boost sales? Are you trying to pivot your business? If so, book a call with Einblick Consulting. Our experienced consultants will work with you to help your B2B business to succeed and scale. Go to www.einblick.co for more information. I, I think it would be fair to say, like, you know, um, based on what you've been saying, in the you know, um, explaining in the past couple of minutes that uh, it's also important for organizations to um, identify opportunities where, you know, everybody else just sees adversity and problems. Right. So there's a there's a bit of a they, they need to have, a uh, you know, some kind of um, this mindset of adaptability, you know, like, uh, you know, how they can probably uh, pivot their business a bit to, you know, uh, to thrive during this uh, difficult period. Yeah, and and as I mentioned earlier, the you know, the trick to effective and improved customer experience design is to have good customer insights to yes. uh, to be aware of what your customers are thinking, and you can try to glean it by watching social media. But why not their customers? They're your customers. Just ask them. Is what I've mm -hmm. always said. Don't try to be too complex and create algorithms of data you're watching on this, over the world. Yes. So your customers, reach out and ask them because if they're customers and you've been providing value to them, they want you to survive. They want to help you thrive. So at this point in time, there's nothing wrong with the best thing to do is to, to step back and say, how do we redesign and apply best, best design practices and best design practices say, what is the customer value? What do they want? What, what do they want in the future? So what we are doing with a lot of people right now is we'll be going out right away with, with slightly changed surveys, asking us a set of questions around, you know, how are we doing? What can we do better? Uh, what would you like to see in the future? Then you aggregate all that information so that you have a, a reliable assessment of what the customers think they want. Mm -hmm. um, and then what we recommend you do is rapid prototyping of ideas, especially in right. this you don't know you don't really know and i don't really know what we're going to have to do in the future mm. you've got to try things so there's a practice of, of rapid prototyping where you come up with a design and you say that seems feasible it seems like something the customer would want and it seems like something that would be profitable for us to do so barring anything else let's try that try small way see what you can learn and circle back and back on that it's basically a process called human-centered design mm. Uh, Adeo, uh, Adeo is the uh, company that really um, has some great documentation on how to implement uh, 
rapid design uh, through that process. Yes, exactly. So you see, and you see examples of that. You see how um, you know the the grocery stores tried one way of doing their lineups, and then they that didn't quite work. They tried a different way. You know, yes. everybody is experimenting, and you're seeing it in the market. And you're seeing when you, you watch it, you're going to be seeing people trying things, asking customers about it, and then say, "Oh, let's try this. Let's try that." Um, so that's really one of the, the the best ways you can do to change your pivot right away. Uh, Great. And then obviously, the obvious other one, of course, is you you do know that you're going to have to be incredibly high integrity organizations, highly localized organizations, are going to probably uh, experience more rapid uptick than than those that are nameless, faceless corporations. Right. Exactly. Um, yeah. So. Uh... The next question is, you know, has a strong correlation to, you know, the points that we've been discussing over the past couple of minutes, but, you know, and you've rightly alluded to it, um, you know, things are really far from what you can consider business as usual. Um, and there's been a lot of talk about reopening the economy. Um, we're not quite there yet in Ontario. Um, they've reopened them, albeit in stages. Um, but I think it's fair to conclude that CX is clearly going to be a an important part of rebuilding after COVID-19, um, you know, with everything that's going to happen moving forward, moving forward. Um, so given the current situation, if you were to execute one CX based initiative um, within this year, what would that initiative be? And why would you recommend that one in particular? So I'm going to say a little bit of an, it depends, and you're going to slap my hand for cheating on the question here, but <laughs> The, uh, the reality is it kind of depends where you were going in. Right. So if you, were, if you already had a good customer experience program, some kind of a continuous uh, feed of information about your customers through a, a good NPS-like program or something like that, I would make a minor adjustment to the question so that you get a little bit more feedback, probably step up your, um, do a special higher velocity question right away, you're probably going to get a better response rate than usual if you ask the right opening question. And then use that to rethink your, your service offerings, your, your relationship, your what we call the intended experience. Mm -hmm. But the real thing that you want to do is probably you, get a, you would get a very big bang for your buck in the second half of this year if you actually executed a journey, a customer journey mapping uh, process, because right now everybody's expectations are changing and everybody's customer journeys are changing, mm -hmm. which means you probably have to redesign your journey anyway. What, when we call it customer journey mapping, what we're talking about is coming up with a, 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 an initial design of what you think the, the experience should be, taking customers from their perspective and having them walk that experience with you and be able to see from them where are the highs and lows in that experience and how can you redesign the experience before you even roll it out. So whether yeah. that be how you now do an online order, how you do online, um, online pickup, how do you do online consultation? Everything I do is consultation in my business. Mm. I've had to redesign all of the consultation processes that I use. So I'm trying things. I send them out. I'll send them out to you. I'll send them out to my clients. And I'll say, Come, let's try this. Let me know if this works. And if it doesn't work, I go back to them and say, that's not working quite that well. And they go, yeah, you're right. I didn't like that. Let's try something else. Yeah. Clients will be what we call very co-creative. 
And so you want to go, uh, your approach right now should be to engage a few critical supportive clients to co-create the future for you. Mm -hmm. All right. And that will be probably your most effective tool. And whether you use journey mapping or whether you use uh, a greater acceleration of your NPS program, both of them are capable to do it. Fundamentally, co-creation is the way that that's a few people are going to come out way ahead on this thing. Right. And, and, and I think you really hit the nail on the head there, uh, Derek. I mean, you know, these are obviously unprecedented times. And uh, CX practitioners, they have to, uh, well, reassess what they uh, need to do, uh, you know, looking ahead. And uh, probably have to, uh, I wouldn't say, no, reinvent the wheel is not the right word, but like reinvent the way that they're doing things. Right. So, yeah. I kind of call it as reimagining what, you know, you're still providing value. The value yes. is your business is still going to be the same. I still have to train and implement NPS programs for my clients. Right. right. Uh, but I'm probably not going to have a room through of 30 people in a room listening to me anymore. Uh, probably not going to be sitting beside my clients, showing them how the products and tools that we use work. Yes. So I've had to get very, very good with zoom and with, with various remote tools and remote digital tools. tools yeah the digital tools so yeah invest in the digital tools that's for sure right exactly all right well you know besides being an accomplished cx professional you're also a professor of cx design at centennial college here in toronto and i think you're one of the best examples that i know of of someone who's um pivoted their business and migrated a lot of your courses online right and you've yeah. recently also launched your CX Accelerator Masterclass. So why don't you tell us a bit about that? Yeah, thank you, Christian. The, the um, interesting thing, what we were just talking about with digital tools, all the tools, they're just tools. You still have to have good discipline. I can't build a house just because I buy a bigger hammer. I right. still have to have really good core disciplines. So we have always taught our own clients quite a bit about customer experience in the process of implementing and we recently decided to uh, take all of those lessons and tools and package them into a really nice masterclass to say, look, you, Christian, have been given the mantle inside your company to improve the customer experience. You know it's going to be important. You can see it's going to be important based on anything you read in the, in the press right now. Mm. What we're trying to do is we built a class that's about 10, 12 weeks long, um, various we changed based on how, how intense certain conversations go. But the fundamental goal is to improve the career possibility of the people running customer experience. We're gonna provide you the discipline and the tools to understand what it is you need to do overall context over the next three years, not over the next six months. Mm -hmm. Because it's really, customer experience, it is a longer term um, benefit. You have to commit it to a longer term and. A lot of people make a lot of mistakes up front because they don't know enough. And so what, I'm, what we're trying to do is accelerate the speed with which you have a fundamental grasp of all the disciplines of customer experience. And we help you at the end of that, we provide this plan that says, okay, here's the things that you will do in your company to improve your customer experience. So not only do you get a really good improvement in the discipline training, but you actually also get a good plan for moving forward. So that, that's what we're trying to do with that program. Uh, we were originally about to launch it as a face-to-face -face course in March of this year, and we switched rapidly to an online program, and it's, mm -hmm. it's actually been a real joy. Yeah. Um, we, we've had some great feedback from, custom, from the customers. Uh, 
one of them said that um, it's like 24 hour course. And he said, so far there hasn't been a minute where I haven't been paying complete attention to the screen. So <laughs> he seemed to figure that one out. Well, that's great. Um, yeah, well, speaking of feedback, I, I, I'd like to um, talk about uh, a bit more about that because um, it seems that, um, yeah, your your masterclass has been receiving great feedback. And I think that was even one person that claimed that the CX masterclass was the highlight of her week. Um, yeah, I think that's the, that's the best compliment I've ever had for a business relationship. She's paying me to teach her customer experience and she mm-hmm. says it's the highlight of her week. So... I hope that means it's good. I hope it doesn't mean she has a terrible rest of the week. <laughs> well, you must have done something right. Um, that, that, that's for sure. Derek, in your professional opinion, you know we've been we, we've been talking about the um, we've been talking about the on you know uh, we've touched on the ongoing pandemic a little bit and about you know what CX practitioners uh, should be doing and uh, about the economy reopening and uh, you know in your professional opinion, what do you believe um, is this new normal? Uh, that everyone is talking about that we are going to be returning to? Well, I think the new normal is something we're going to have to invent, I'm afraid. Um, Mm. I don't think anyone can, I mean, we can guess what the trends are going to be. Um, And we can guess that it's going to revert back toward the norm. So we're not going to be in this level of extreme situation for forever or for for much longer. Uh, You can see people are reverting to the norm right now where, we're trying to be. We're trying to have some normalcy, but there are some things that will obviously permanently shift. The uh, the the choice of bicycles, like is is. is a, I was thinking about this this morning, but bicycles are sold out. Uh, is that going to continue in Toronto when it gets cold? Or are we all going to come back to taking the TTC again? Um, so I, I don't. I think it's going to be a reinvention and a real change. My hope is that the elevated level of empathy and consideration toward each other continues. Yes. Uh, I think that would be, you know, a nice positive that comes out of this. And probably, you know, we can see massive, um, massive economic shifts, such as the, the shift to moving out of downtown, um, mm. you know, greater expansion geographic. People will be able to afford a, a higher quality of life because they won't have to spend an hour a day on the, um, on the subway each way getting to work. Yeah. But those things should all be very good for society in general. Um, and there'll be great efficiencies born out of this. So th- that will happen. And um, those things that we really do need to have more face-to-face on will, will probably become more valuable. Um, I'm a big fan of face-to-face teaching. I, I need to see people when I'm, when I'm doing the teaching. So I'm really hoping that we can at least have some of our classes back face-to-face by, uh, by the end of the year. Um, those things will become a premium. Um, going out for restaurants will probably become a bigger premium. Uh, it's yeah. just going to be more expensive activity. Indeed. Indeed. Um, Derek, this has been a really um, interesting and insightful session. So thanks so much for coming on and sharing. Um, I guess I would say the last question that I have for you is, well, what's the best way for people out there to connect with you? And more importantly, how can they, you know, how can they enroll in your masterclass? Oh, I should have been ready for that one, shouldn't I? Uh, okay, so <laughs> connecting with me on LinkedIn is always easy. Like mm-hmm. everybody says, you know, you go to LinkedIn. My name's hard to spell, though, so you'll probably never remember it. Um, I'm also very active in the uh, Toronto Customer Experience Professional Association. So I always uh, engage with on all of those activities. So if you've never looked into that, it's uh, you can look up the CXPA or send me a note and I'll, I'll give you an introduction there. Um, 
for the for the class, I think the easiest way at this point is uh, we have a brochure and such on LinkedIn. Um, our website isn't. You can go to our website and click on about, and you would see the uh, details of the class, and you can register there, mm. learn more about it. And that's a good thing to do. Go go read up on it, learn it. It's a great class. We cover a lot of uh, broad range of discussion items. Um, but either of those are work. Uh, just normal as everybody else. It's uh, if we're in business, we try to make ourselves easy to get a hold to be uh, to be uh, connected with. Fantastic. All right, Derek. Thanks so much for your time. I really appreciate it. So take care, be safe, and uh, talk soon. Thank you, Bye for now. Thank you for the opportunity. Ciao. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the B2B Marketers on a Mission podcast. To learn more about what we do here at Einblick, please visit our website at www.einblick.co and be sure to subscribe to the show on iTunes or your favorite podcast player. Thank you.